Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sanjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sanjo Gall. Hello and uh, welcome to CTN. To learn more about the show, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And today's topic is the 2023 CIO Agenda. Well, so we have been covering the CIO agenda for so many years. Now, what's new here? So we got CEO expectations that are shifting because there was a lot of turbulence. You wanted as a business, as a CEO, that we accelerate the value creation. We are supposed to maximize the impact on the people we serve. You want, of course best results and returns on the digital investments because we made a ton of them. And then also take care of the planet, which means become more sustainable. Well, that is a a loaded plate for a CEO and also the way the directive is coming from him or her. How are the CIOs in 2023? Using the current and the new muscles whether it is originality in thinking, practicality in planning, and basically an amazing impeccable execution, which is what they focus on to get the very best and deliver on the promise. So to discuss this, I have made Gada Ajam, CIO with Federal Reserve System. Hey, Gada, how are you? Hello, good. How are you? Very good, very good. So a quick question for you. If if you had to work on this uh, agenda that CEOs are talking and you're from a Federal Reserve System, how are you dealing with, because this is quite a multi-pronged agenda, uh, great question, Sandok, and thank you for describing our lives these days. But before I jump into uh, answering the question, let me give you a little bit of an additional context or additional responsibility, a layer of expectation and responsibility given my role at the Federal Reserve System. Uh, many of people may not know that the Federal Reserve System processes $4 trillion of wholesale transactions daily. Uh, 50% of the U.S. uh, ACH transfers happen on our what we call our payment rails. Uh, We process $4 billion uh, of U.S. Treasury transactions per day. We work with the Treasury Department to raise uh, debt uh, almost over uh, $10 trillion. Uh, and we supervise, make sure that the financial uh, banking system is sound and safe. So we supervise 750 institutions within the country, spanning from really large banks all the way down to community uh, banks. So that's the portfolio that we manage. And therefore, on top of everything that you said, Sanjok, um, reliability, resiliency, and security of the financial systems for this country is an additional responsibility that we carry within the technology as well as the business lines within the Fed. So to answer your question, um, when I read uh, the prep work for this uh, session, the visual that I had in my mind, and I don't know if you remember, I remember watching the show with my kids 
the uh, Ninja Warrior uh, obstacle course um, show where people are going through obstacle courses. And, you know, on top of that, there are side people that are throwing balls at them uh, to distract them. And this is how we're feeling, at least I'm feeling, uh, in the last three years uh, between COVID response to um, economic recovery, uh, to, as you mentioned, expectations from the CEOs to maximize the value and the return on IT investments and driving digit- digital agenda and transformation. That's what we're going through is we're going through obstacles course through a natural CIO agenda, but at the same time, the environment around us is changing very, very fast and responding. So, I mean, really for me, it starts with the, what's the business strategy and technology usually supports the business strategy and having great conversations with the business leaders to say, where are we going? And the technology bringing to the table, what's the art of the possible is really the way, you know, we've been working it within the Fed to respond uh, to this changing environment, changing expectations, changing ecosystem. So complicated, lots of obstacles, lots of ball being thrown at us from the outside and the agility and the nimbleness to duck and move and maneuver to get to the end state is really the trick in the next few years. And we also have Piyush Chauhan, who has joined us. He's the CIO with Panda Retail Company at Savola Group. Hey, Piyush, how are you? I'm very good. Thank you, Sanjog, for having me. It's a great pleasure to talk to you again. Thank you. Now, quick question based on what Gada mentioned, that it's a complex uh, environment. And then given that you are part of the retail outfit, there are economic pressures, there's talent shortage, and there is a total disrupted supply chain. What is the world looking like in your camp? Sure. And uh, I think uh, let me give you a context uh, for people uh, listening out uh, today. Uh, I am in the Middle East, uh, in the uh, GCC region. Uh, representing uh, Panda Retail, which is the largest, which is the Walmart of Saudi Arabia, as I would call it, is the largest uh, grocery retail chain out here. And uh, obviously, uh, when, I, when I speak to a lot of my uh, friends all over the world, things are not as gloomy as uh, maybe Europe or other places. But there are surely challenges uh, as well as we see. And uh, since we are very customer-facing uh, uh, organization in which we do about 100 million transactions every year. Uh, we we are seeing that inflation is hitting hard. Uh, people are getting challenged uh, with the with the rising prices uh, of, of oil and, and all other aspects, and hence uh, it, it is putting uh, tremendous pressure now uh, as as. Uh, businesses are coming out of uh, the, the COVID. Uh, inflation is now becoming the biggest uh, biggest hurdle and bottleneck uh, for for consumers to kind of uh, double up and then uh, do, do things better for them for themselves and their lives. So uh, the business uh, is asking for more uh, and if I if I were to put my uh, CIO hat or the chief digital officer hat, uh, what business is looking for is doing more for less. 
and i think uh, the previous uh, guest was talking about art of possible and that is the moment that we are living with at this point how can you make uh, sure that uh, you are able to deliver uh, within the limited resources that you have deliver at a pace that you have not done in the past and uh, deliver uh, to show that there is real value and real roi for every bit that you are spending in in, in today's environment gada do you have that problem of less resources cuz you guys control everything <laughs> uh yeah we don't literally print money at the fed uh definitely have the same problem that every organization has uh you know in the last two years because of the pandemic and because of the fact that we had to go fully digital in everything that we do because we shipped everybody home to work from home we did pump a lot of dollars and in, in, in investments in IT infrastructure to enable you know larger network pipes collaboration tools etc digitization of business processes etc so the IT budget got inflated in the last couple of years and right now we're at this inflection point to pious point um either show me the value of a continued level of investment at the same rate that we've done in the last couple of years or shave things down to a more reasonable run rate and i think the question that we're facing right now is what is a reasonable run rate given that now we have a new set of expectations people people now understand what digital capabilities could do for a business so the appetite and sort of the imagination of the art of the possible happened in the last couple of years and now business leaders are are asking to Piyush's point are asking for more capabilities but the organization is saying yeah but we have budget pressures that we have to meet so the balancing act of what is a reasonable growth rate for IT tied to show me the value of these investments and make sure that you do them well and you do them right um that is the equation that we're trying to balance as we look at this year's and the next 3 year budget cycles piyush is it same old same old for you from last year cuz what you said what happens with retail company and yes we had been in and out of covid for a few years now so did you literally copy and paste your 2022 agenda and brought it to 2023 or you have some unique things that you plan to do no obviously it's not a copy because uh, i believe that this is a very uh, important and an inflection year uh, from uh, it perspective uh, obviously as uh, was mentioned uh, that uh, because of covid uh, the purchases were uh, the the at least the it spend uh, was uh, accelerated uh, for all the good reasons and uh, we i think as as it leaders did a good job to make organizations more it resilient uh, and so i think uh, we all as a community community did a pat on the back and said that yes we did a good job but uh, with this increased expenditure uh, the the focus on roi was a little uh, relaxed in in the last two year and uh, if if i were to speak to my cfo uh, he is much more stringent in passing Uh, any capital expenditure going forward and and saying that uh, is it really going to impact customer uh, experience is it really going to impact my supply chain cost and so on and so forth so it's no longer saying that okay now uh, just because everybody believed that digital is the need of the hour 
there was a little relaxation uh, in terms of or i would say scrutiny on the uh, on the capex spending and on the other hand when your uh, revenue and operating expense uh, which obviously were uh, were exponentially growing because of the increased bandwidth that you, that was needed uh, more focus on uh, a lot of security tools uh, trying to make sure that collaboration is there and hence so all those uh, uh, all those uh, tools which were brought in as as part of covid have actually created a big hole as far as the operating expenses concerned so your capex has gone up your operating expenses have gone up which is directly impacting your financial performance and when the curve is turning on the other side uh, the cfos are saying show me the money and, and to me uh, that is the moment for a cio to stand up and say that look i can deliver the roi that i am that you are looking for and uh, to me understanding the business requirements translating that into roi is the need of the hour rather than looking at saying how can we continue to increase your spending as we did in the last two years and sanjok if i may to build on uh, piyush's uh, point uh, the roi is not necessarily just an it uh, part of the formula right working with the business leaders to say if we provide these digitizations and these investments in technology how are you changing your business model uh, are you creating more revenue are you optimizing your operating costs are you minimizing uh, your you know capital footprint uh, to save dollars and, and create efficiency so i think that joint conversation the business conversation of technology and the business model evolution is an important part of the next 3 years because we're changing how business is done we're changing uh, the pace of business outcomes because technology allows us to to sort of expedite revenue generation expedite sort of um, supply chain processing etc so there's a level of value that the business leaders need to help articulate as part of this ROI equation so gada when you look at the specific capabilities that an organization must have is a 2023 year of same old same old tinkering incremental improvement continuous improvement or are you in for some more cool yet effective disruption in terms of capabilities or what you'll bring to the table i'm going to give you the consulting answer it depends but no seriously uh, there is a level of effort that we initiated uh, post pandemic that we felt is an important strategic uh, initiative for us uh, which is really starting to look at cloud enabled technologies as a catalyst for change as a lever that allows us to minimize capex optimize opex and 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 provide more flexibility and agility in delivering business value i believe that continues on because the job is not done and right now uh, where we're going to start exploring value with our business leaders is about more of the data analytics ai machine learning because that's really where the opportunity is uh, given again the role of the fed uh, we are a data rich organization uh, we the data and the research is sort of vital to our mission and now we're exploring you know 
pushing the envelope on some of those capabilities. So those are the not the same old, same old. These are conversations about how do we innovate in that space. The same old is more about how do we introduce new technologies, new talent, new ways of working to provide us with that agility and nimbleness to respond to changing environment and changing business needs. So, Piyush, when you are uh, working on this capability development, I'll, I'll ask the same question, but differently. Retail, anyways, across the world has had issues when it was dealing with e-commerce. And that's why at a business level, you had to rethink omni-channel and many other ways to use data, AI, and, and other capabilities to get an edge. To that end, in your specific industries, is there a mandate from the CEO to you know, create something which would give you a, your organization a quantum leap? Absolutely. And uh, what is uh, coming out very clearly is the great uh, digital divide, right? And let me elaborate what I mean by that is there is this old, large, stable, monolithic world, uh, which means there are very heavy applications which require a huge amount of capex to be deployed, huge amount of OPEX to be maintained and a huge amount of effort to be changed, right? And, and that is the world that uh, that a lot of large enterprises, I would say large enterprises are living with. Uh, and what COVID did is, has shaken that whole paradigm saying that, look, that is not which will take you, uh, which will make you agile. Now, agile uh, uh, or agility and uh, IT resilience have been there as concept for quite a while, but, uh, during COVID, enterprises realized that although people were trying to talk about agile processes and things like that, but your uh, whole enterprise architecture is not built around that. And that is the big realization. And so as uh, Gada was uh, kind of uh, talking about is that uh, is that there is this divide which needs to be moving towards more uh, towards solutions which are much more value accretive like analytics, AI, ML. You need to keep on building capabilities on that so that you kind of don't look at linear returns, but you look at exponential returns. So for example, if I, if I have a choice as a CIO, I have a choice that I have a $5 million to spend on my traditional system to upgrade a version or to look at, uh, let's say, something in which I were to build a new, much more cloud-enabled data platform, I have a choice which is very clear to me, right? Mm -hmm. the, 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 the new cloud platform will obviously have a much faster and a bigger ROI than looking at upgrading a system which is not going to give you, uh, give you, give you that much ROI. So these are the kind of discussions and choices that are coming up as uh, as points for uh, uh, IT leaders and digital leaders uh, to kind of contemplate. And uh, if if the choice is on the other side to be more value accretive, work with the business and deliver that value, I think uh, I think that is the organization which will be kind of uh, moving in the right direction going forward. Gada, you mentioned about cloud, right? And and 
people moving to cloud definitely makes sense. But then we also heard a lot of uh, not complaints, but a revelation that infinite compute doesn't mean finite money. There's a lot of overspending happening and it was accidental and people were getting huge bills and everybody was taken by surprise. Um, so luckily we're not the uh, trailblazers in that space. Uh, you know, you're right, uh, Sanjok. I mean, the team started with the cloud journey and, and to your point, uh, you know, some di- somebody in the research department spun up uh, a cloud instance trying to process lots of data to analyze and forgot to shut that, that instance down and we got the bill and, and it was, oh, shucks, what happened? Um, and, and, and that put a spotlight, not necessarily from an IT perspective only, but also from a business user perspective to say, hey, with cloud comes a, a financial responsibility and a fiscal responsibility that in the past you did not have to watch, right? I mean, in the past, we stood up the infrastructure. IT supported the infrastructure. Um, we had to go justify our spend and tell our story. And why is your cost going up? Well, because you need more space for your data and we're growing servers and we have to explain that. But with the cloud, the bill comes to the to IT and the user, which I think is a, is a good thing uh, because now people feel responsible for their spend. It's just like us having a checkbook and... We're looking at our bank account and saying, okay, this month I cannot afford to do X. Next month I can afford to do Y. Uh, that transparency is good. But to your point, Sanjak, there is a discipline around FinOps, around uh, you know cloud cost and analyzing the cloud cost. There is a discipline around teaching people to shut down some environments that they stood up temporarily to do special projects or special processing uh, so there's a lot of culture shift that needs to happen. So technology is easy. That's always been my mantra. And I tell my team, technology is easy. It's the people and the process that, that takes a lot of time to change. Uh, and that discipline is a discipline that we're focused on, uh, not only within IT, but also with our business partners that are starting to use some of those cloud you know, enabled technologies. So I think ultimately we will be in a good spot because we're creating the discipline, we're creating the awareness, we're creating the skill required to manage that discipline. And we're learning a lot from our peers. I talk a lot to peers that have gone through that journey before and and share some of those learnings uh, proactively. Piyush, what specific initiatives that you've seen either the CEO and CFO are volunteering to fund or when you take it to them, they don't have an issue or rather they're excited that you're doing specific capability development, specific initiatives, which will support the company, which ones are really getting funded. The one thing which is common across all the departments is data led transformation initiatives in which uh, people have now realized that uh, particularly in, in our industry where we have to be very real time in terms of customer experience data, customer touch point data, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, the dynamics of the market uh, can only be maneuvered by the business when there is data which is democratized, which is easy, and which is nimble in the hands of the user. And so 
any initiative that we have put in and uh, i would have i, I remember uh, i was speaking to a colleague of mine that four years back i had this vision uh, to say that how can we start a data led transformation program but at that time the business was not very focused and ready around it but uh, in 2023 i see that there is a big pull from the business to say that how can you make each and every part of my decision making data led and data enabled right and that those are the initiatives which are uh, which are kind of very easy to kind of pass through the check gates the the so called hype around in particular in our industry there was a big uh, hype around e-commerce which is actually plateaued uh, and uh, i think people have realized that uh stores are not going anywhere uh, people will come back to stores and, and are coming back to the stores and hence the true omni channel uh, uh belief in which there is a hybrid model between store and the and the online commerce uh, those kind of things are taking more priority rather than just pure e-commerce uh, led solutions so uh, these are the two or three things where where i see there is a shift Uh, and uh, there is a tremendous pressure and uh, uh, as we heard earlier that opex had actually uh, skyrocketed because of uh, certain new ways of working certain new uh, uh, organization structure remote remote working and so on and so forth now each of those costs are being looked at very very strongly and i have a task force within the team to look at how can we look at uh, how can we identify areas where there is benefit of reducing those opex which were suddenly uh, kind of used as part of the uh, covid initiatives dada i will uh, ask you a question but then we'll take a quick break and come back but i wanted to lay it out for you cool. you're all about data right Uh, as an organization and data related initiative like in pushes world that is being funded but at the same time lot of initiatives around data are being funded but there is also a reported uh, struggle in making data led initiatives to see the daylight and or they are taking too long for it to realize the value what are you doing with respect to such data led initiatives or are you going to do in 2023 so that the roi in true sense can be realized please stay tuned listeners will be right back today enterprise technology is both strategic and global each week on ctn cio talk network IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog all how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog all at ciotalknetwork.com. You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjogal. To learn more about our program, please visit ciotalknetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, 
data data related initiatives are happening all over but there are equally reported struggles in making them successful what's your plan in 2023 fascinating question and it seems like you were sitting in our meeting yesterday uh, as we were talking about uh, some data initiatives within IT but before i answer that question sanjok one thing that you asked uh, piyush what gets funded more automatically uh, without a lot of questions um, and given some of the uh, advancements in cybersecurity and uh, cybercrime etc um, investments in in you know ransomware readiness cybersecurity uh, resiliency reliability technologies are things that usually bubble to the top um, it's not an automatic approve but definitely bubble to the top um, given the world that we live in uh, we definitely have geopolitical uncertainties um, that's happening around us uh, which triggers uh, a lot of um, you know bad actors to to do things uh, you know around the globe so that's something that you know is is a primary focus uh, for many organizations i believe uh, based on my conversations with peers uh, in the industry back to your question about data and and it's, it's a brilliant question because it's a challenge exactly for the reasons that you articulated sanjok they would cost a lot of money it takes a long duration and then we may not hit the mark uh, with them what we are doing uh, to sort of break that cycle is we're looking to talk to business users or business uh, leaders to say can you give us a use case that we can prove out in a 3 to 6 months duration um and 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 work together to demonstrate not only the technology the underlying technology that can deliver that capability but also the actual business use case and the value delivered from that use case and that's getting a lot of momentum because people in the business have real real pain points uh, related to data uh, they they they're trying to find solutions they can't find solutions so having that partnership where the IT and the business team working hand in hand we box the solution to a three to six three to six months type problem statement that we can work on to advance and showcase the outcome. Uh, we're seeing momentum and wins in that space. I was visiting the New York Fed last week and the team delivered a capability within the markets operation that allowed them to save almost like 50 hours a week uh, of effort, manual effort that they used to expense. And they're getting better analytical data that they're using to make decisions in their space. We showcase those, we market those successes, which then creates that momentum and generates sort of the idea ideation by other business leaders to say, oh yeah, I have a similar business problem here. Let's identify those. So we're time boxing it. We're working very closely and identifying the use cases that have the high probability of outcome and high probability of success. And then we're marketing the outcome so that people can connect and relate to, oh yeah, I have a similar scenario. Let me raise my hand and, and let's partner. Uh, that's how we're doing it. We're not 
funding a, a huge program, which is typically what IT does is, okay, give me a zillion dollars to go do a three-year effort and I'm going to go hide in my corner and come back and the outcome is not what you expected. Uh, we're breaking it into small pieces and we're starting with the business problem first. Piyush, did you get a chance to crack this whole data problem? Because you guys are fundamentally dependent on data for almost everything you do in terms of a customer experience, attracting them and retaining them. No, absolutely. And I think the the approach is, is more or less similar. And uh, I want to emphasize on uh, the use case. And I'll give you a very simple example. So we have... Uh, uh, a problem in which pricing is very, uh, very dynamic in today's context. Uh, and there are frequent price changes for whatever reasons in the last three, four years. Uh, uh, first, because of COVID and then uh, because of inflation now and the supply constraints, uh, the freight uh, charges. So everything is very volatile and dynamic and hence the prices of the community commodities impact the price of the goods and hence your pricing becomes very very uh, unstable uh, over a period of time and sometimes the, uh, the competitor does very uh, very kind of uh, surprising elements which you need to react to and so uh, pricing was found as a problem and then we said okay it's it's a problem which uh, which needs attention but uh, it is something which has to be dealt in 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 multiple phases uh, first, you need to look at how do we slice dice data so that you are able to analyze your pricing decision based on your competitor so that you are able to understand what is happening in the market. Then once you have understood that, that then is the next step in terms of how do you build your uh, price optimization algorithms to react to some of the things which are happening. And then once you do that, you, you first uh, do it in a more controlled and a manual uh, environment in which there, are, there is a user intervention which is there. And then in the final stage, you build a sophisticated price algorithm and a price optimization model, which can then predict to a very, very high amount of accuracy. Now, when business comes to us with this kind of a problem, we sit down, uh, we kind of ask uh, the data scientists in my team does, does ask very uh, kind of thought-provoking questions to say that, look, this is the step towards reaching that final goal. And we cannot reach that goal until we work very closely uh, with each other, understand because data uh, uh, analytics and data science is a, is a, is a is a path of discovery and we will uncover and discover a lot of new things as we move along so uh, as Gada was mentioning we break that problem into multiple six months three months six months nine months delivery timelines to say that first we'll deliver this start using it we learn from it and then we continue to build on top of it and this is how uh, it is much better that business is engaged be we find out what is not working very early in the game. So fail early, learn early. And then once you have done that, the adoption of the whole uh, change that you're looking at is far more easier as compared to something that you deliver after the end of maybe two years, one year or, or three years. And this is how we are trying to solve this as a problem. Gada, when we talk about influence, which is what a uh, function of leadership it doesn't only mean the people who report to you 
it also means even more so in today's day and age when IT is supposed to lead the charge and help people figure out how to maximize the use of these technologies. That is, you've got to lead upwards, you have to lead sideways in terms of your business counterparts and your executive management. What approach have you taken or what all approaches have you tried and what worked, what did not work? Because if that doesn't happen, whether it is sponsorship and support or an ongoing ability for you to have their departments follow suit, that would be undermined, right? So what what's the current state, if you will, of your ability or an IT leader's ability to lead the business counterparts and executive management? What are you seeing and what are you experiencing yourself? So you're not seeing my face. I was smiling because uh, and 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 sort of having um, some horror memories uh, when you asked the question. I'm going to say tell a story about uh, something I did in my early career, and then I'll answer the question. As a result, in my early career, uh, I was tasked with uh, you know a project, went through the analysis, and and walked into a room of the you know filled with my primary stakeholders. And when I stood up, um, I presented the case, which really made a lot of stakeholders look really bad uh, in front of their peers because I was highlighting all the gaps and the issues um, that I discovered as a result of my analysis and proposing an alternative way to solve the problem. Um, So that's not how you win friends and and influence your stakeholders. So the lesson learned from that, which was a very painful lesson, was one, uh, you have conversations with people and and make sure that you create a level of alignment, a level of balance in uh, the viewpoints that you're presenting. Uh, You don't trash somebody else's business. Uh, You work with them collaboratively to identify the opportunities um, uh, and, and sort of the art of the possible. How can I help you solve the problems that you're trying to solve within your business? So to answer your question more specifically, how do I influence? I mean, the first thing is listen. Um, the business leaders are there leading businesses. Um, you know, they know their, their space um, and, and listening to what it is and how it is that they're doing their work and what do they need. And at the same time, challenging with a lot of probing questions to understand, are we pushing the envelope enough? Uh, Technology can help in these spaces. How can we sort of push the envelope jointly to get better outcomes for the organization? And then stacking hands to move forward with the idea or with the proposal. Now, it's not a smooth sailing journey. There are times where I go to my peers and, and they don't want to talk about it, or I go to my peers or, and they don't agree with me. And the other lesson I learned uh, as I was growing up, there are times when the proposal is, is not at, at this time the right thing to do. And there is another time, which is the right time. So being patient and persistent in, uh, in your uh, you know, conviction towards a solution is another important thing. So if I talk to you and uh, Sanjok, you say, no, I, and right now my business is not ready to do this. Don't give up if it's the right idea for the organization. I'll come back to you maybe three months and have a conversation about it. Uh, and six months later, we'll have a conversation about it. And ultimately we'll get it lined up and, and moving forward. 
So Piyush, I'll ask a similar question, but in a different way. If we have no conflict, that means relationship isn't prospering. But if you have a conflict, then that could also reduce your influence and your ability to get things done. What's your middle ground or what's your secret recipe of getting the relationships built and also get the right things done, even though there may not be always an agreement? Yeah, and I think, uh, uh, to be honest, uh, one of the things which has happened uh, post-COVID is uh, people have uh, realized uh, the importance of uh, digital in their core businesses, which means that uh, you moving from an enabling organization uh, to support the business, you are now having a seat on the table, right? which means that this uh, natural shift is happening wherein uh, uh, leaders in the other uh, core functions are realizing that this is a real true partner for me to work with, right? And so that, uh, that opens up uh, a very different relationship equation between the core business functions and uh, uh, digital or IT function uh, as, as you may. And hence, it is, it is a wonderful and a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for uh, IT leaders to kind of capture this as a moment of truth and say that, guys, we are now true partners and we can work with you to solve your problems. Until unless we show that leadership to say that I understand your pain, I understand your problem, and then come, let, let us work together to solve a problem to, a, to an outcome. And that is the leadership style which the business is looking at. If you don't do that, and I, I've seen uh, across some other uh, enterprises, and I've seen leaders who are not able to scale up to that vision and need to, to be a true business partner, that is when the conflict starts arising because the expectation from the business is extremely high as of now. As we are coming out of COVID, people have uh, very high expectations. Everybody wants to be uh, the most agile, nimble, cloud-native uh, uh, organization which the digital world is already. And somehow that transition has to happen hand-in-hand hand with the business. So if we are able to meet up with that expectation, your relationship with your peers is going to be extremely good. If you are still laggard in terms of becoming that much of business, orient, uh, business oriented and not able to speak the language of the business while embedding digital into their, uh, their ways of working, you will kind of be seen as somebody who is not delivering to what they're expecting. So which is where the conflict starts, I, in which people start believing that this is an organization which is not helping me deliver to the goals which is set up by my board and so on and so forth. So time for IT leaders to rise up, sit on the table, have very common and a clear discussion to say that come i'm i'm willing to help and solve their problem but you also need to extend your arm to come with me so that we are able to solve the problem together and this is the only way that you are able to build good relationship 
a mutually uh, symbiotic relationship which can take the organization much more digital than what it is today so in 2023 gada would you rather be right nice or kind to be most oh. effective in your role as a cio um CIO and nice I don't think is is a good recipe because sometimes CIOs have to say no sometimes CIOs have to shut down programs that are not healthy so uh, I would not say nice however I would say respectful and 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 collaborative um bright is also a very strong word I think uh, I would strive to be aligned and strategic and um develop the, the right answer for the organization versus me personally being right uh is really working with the organization to define and align and articulate the right answer for the organization and then be bold to drive that change forward and not be nice when uh, i'm seeing something that's not working and failing and we shut it down or we see a security or a resiliency gap and address it uh, or we see um people that are not willing to change uh, and address that uh, part of the uh, organization as well so i think it's it's be- developing the right answer for the organization is the right agenda for the CIOs i mean we heard from uh, piyush and and your questions sanjok it it's going to be a challenging year it's going to be a hard year and working very closely with the business and the c suite and the board to formulate an answer that makes sense for the organization that balances the unlimited demand you know uh, a huge appetite for technology constrained budgets uh talent shortage and an environment that's ever changing because of geopolitical technology disruptions you know pandemic and whatever else happens around us disruptions uh, that would be my agenda for 23 so piyush the mindset at an organizational level and the culture what is it that you feel should it, it should be for you to be able to get this organization the one which you belong to currently get most out of the investments that you are able to help make and facilitate the the only mindset which can uh, allow organizations to excel in today's uh, era is agility to my uh, to my view and when i say agility it is all across uh, i i know uh, when some, some people talk talk about it delivery agility which is obviously need of the hour but i think the ways of working of the business also needs to be aligned to this new agile ways of working and if the entire organization adopts a uh, agile mindset which is padded up with uh, uh, realistic expectations i think that's the best recipe that any organization can uh, build as a culture which kind of uh, creates a very very good environment for innovation which creates a great environment uh, to experiment new things and until unless you experiment new things you will never be able to innovate faster so uh, in my view uh, creating uh, nimble agile ways of working which 
allow you to uh, experiment and fail equally uh, with with uh, due amount of respect is the best culture that i would look for in an organization so gada what leadership muscle are you personally trying to build or tone to best prepare for 2023 specific one hmm. um so toning is a good word i think it's making the hard decisions um and uh again it's it's the nature of the environment that we're going to be operating in going forward um again i described it demand budget pressures talent constraints and um you know hard work uh, it's going to be difficult we're we're charting new territory so the muscle that i'm toning is is really making the hard decisions it's saying you know what we have a finite number of dollars and therefore we want 20 projects we can only afford 10 projects so 10 projects you go stand in the side and and having the negotiation power with the business to say hey not now later um is is a muscle that i i absolutely have to tone that's what the organization is expecting from us uh this year is to really be focused on the top priorities and then doing them very very well so um we we have this um concept that we learned in, in 2 months ago um through an organization and i can send you the name uh, of the organization if you're interested but talking about the hard conversations so we talk about you know the hard conversations but we there's that last mile of the conversation which is the toughest part of the conversation that people usually avoid to have and having those that last mile of a conversation to get to the right answer is the muscle that i'm exercising a lot this year Once again, thank you so much Gada and Piyush for sharing your insights about what the CIOs are going to do or should be doing to make 2023 a stellar year in spite of all the challenges we know we are going to face. So thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you. And listeners please connect with us on social media, subscribe to our podcast. Once again, thank you for listening to CTN. This is your host Sanjog All signing off. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN CIO Talk Network with your host Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments or questions, please visit ciotalknetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.